And that's that's the way I want to be. I want kids to, to get done with sports and be like, man, you didn't just teach me how to run this route. You didn't just teach me how to run. But you taught me how to be a better person, how to be a better teammate, how to be somebody that is going to be dependable as they get older, be a, a father, a mother, um, whatever it may be. That's what I want their legacy to be is not necessarily about the sport, but how did I grow through it? What's up, good people? Welcome to season three of the Dear Young Athlete podcast, where we talk to coaches and athletes about their journeys and what advice they would have for a younger version of themselves. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson. I am a speaker, author, recording artist, content creator, rare disease advocate, and an aspiring Paralympian. If you want to hear my story, check out Season 1, Episode 1. But enough about me. Let's meet our guest. Today, I have a very special guest. The man I get to speak with today, he is a husband. He is a father. He's a former college football player, multi-sport athlete, five-time state appearances in track, state championship, single-season touchdown record at the one and only Moundsview High School. He actually will get into more of his accolades, but he was uh, one of my football coaches in high school, which I have a story about. And above all those things, he's a man of God who aims to uh, represent Christ in all that he does. So without further ado, Scotty Elkanen. Say your last name to make sure I say it right. That's perfect, man. Elkanen is awesome. Elkanen. (laughs) Yes, sir. Scotty, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Appreciate you giving this time. Yes. Well, I appreciate you being here. So I, I'll save my story about you till we get further in. Okay. So we'll good. start out. We'll jump in. You, you're a high school track coach. You've been a high school football coach, finally stepping away, sadly, but with good reason. You've been a college football player, uh, but take it back for us. Where did it all begin for you? How did you fall in love with playing sports? Yeah, man, it's it's a great journey as I was doing this. You know, it brings back uh, a lot of fun memories. A lot of them are family stuff. Uh, but I, I give a lot of credit to my brother. My brother is five years older than I am. And uh, I think back to the times that we had and, and the things that he put me through uh, – <laughs> were in the at the moment extremely difficult um but as you look back as you're older now you see how you basically molded me into something that um and i was able to achieve some really cool things with uh with some great friends and uh yeah so let me let me dive in a little bit so basketball was my passion uh, all the way through middle school. So that's basically the only thing that I did. I, I didn't play football until I was in high school. Uh, ninth grade was the first year I played football. Um, so basketball is where it's at. And, you know, there wasn't a big emphasis on AAU, Junior Olympics, things like that back when I played. So I was gone every summer. We went to uh, – my family's from uh, Michigan, so Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And so my competition was my brother. And my brother was an athlete as well, went to Moundsview. And uh, I got stories upon stories, but I'll I'll tell you one story, which was basically the finish of our, of kind of our journey uh, when we were playing. But it it basically was the whole summer. We played just whatever sport you could think of, but basically the sport that I want to talk to you about is badminton. Mm. We had a bet the entire summer. My brother said, you will never beat me the entire summer. And we had some battles that were that would end in fights. Um, a lot of times it would be an embarrassment to my to my parents because my brother would we lived on a lake. My brother would chase me around um, looking to just get his hands on me. 
because he was so mad about things that I was doing. He thought I was cheating, whatever it may be. Uh, it was it was just a, a civil rivalry, you know, and we're just, we just go back and forth. So anyways, I didn't beat him the whole center. Mm. And I, I told my dad, I said, we've got one more day before we left to go back to, to Minnesota for the start of school. And so I said, I want one more chance. But I, I told my brother, I said, I'm not playing this game unless we get my dad to referee because I think you cheat. And so we played 10 bucks. I was aiming for that 10 bucks the entire time. Never got it. Final last game, I finally beat him. And man, I can't tell you, I bet you to this day, he, it still sticks in him that he, he went the whole summer and I finally was able to take him down. Man, it, it, it's one of my biggest memories because I was just relieved but I had to compete so hard just to mm. be able to hang on. Um, and so some of you know me, and, and there might be a chunk in here, maybe never do, but I'm only 5'7". I played in high school at 147 pounds. Mm. So toughness was not an option. And it was something that either you have it or you're not going to play. And so I, I really give credit to my brother, you know, developing that toughness because without it, I think I would have – you know, spent a lot of time on the sidelines, you know, being afraid because I was usually smaller than most people I was going against. Um, and so he he gave me that confidence, that toughness that was able to build upon as I moved into high school. So as I went to high school, um, I played three sports, basketball, football, track. Um, and that journey basically changed as my high school years went along. Uh, I I was always a basketball guy, loved basketball, enjoyed the tournaments. It was just a blast being able to do all that. But I can't stress enough, and I'll tap into this, you know, at some points along this journey today, but the importance of a, a transformational coach. And so Coach Stewart, Bob Stewart, whose track is named after him at Moundsview, was my coach in football and track. And there's a reason why both those sports became so much more important to me as I got older, because I would do anything for him because he was such a, a role model to me. And just the way he approached competition, the way he approached teaching, it, it sucked me in. And there wasn't anything that I wouldn't do for him. And, you know, to this day, when I see him, it just brings up all those great memories that we had. Uh, he was my position coach in football. And then obviously coached sprints and track and field. And man, let me tell you, it was an absolute blast being able to coach by a godly man, you know, for four years and to mm -hmm. have it two sports. It was, it was special. Yeah. So that became my passion. Basketball kind of faded um, as my years went on. I did not play as I was a senior. I was at that point, I was the only, I was the only starter to not play a senior year at Monsieur. And, you know, I look back on that decision and that decision was hard at the time, but it was the best decision I've ever made because my heart wasn't into it. My heart was into preparing and prepping for the opportunity that we know we had going into my senior year for track and field. I wanted to be ready. Um, and basketball was, you know, some of that is coaching, you know, who's coaching, who's who's putting stuff into you. Um, and I just was not on the same page with that with that person and, and uh, wanted to spend more time with, with some of my track and field guys, but then also uh, just spend a little bit more time with coach Stewart. So yeah, that was my, my journey through, through sports there. Love the competition. It's, it's something that at my age now I struggle to find that piece because the, the competition I, I feel never changes. You know, you have to change yourself because your body's getting older. Um, and now that I just went to the doctor on Friday, I got arthritis that's building up. And the doctor's like, he can't do as much as he used to. It's painful, man, because mm. that piece of doing what you wanted to do all the time is, is fading a little bit. Um, well, I love I love that story just with you and your brother. Because, like, it always starts somewhere. And you probably, you know, you have a state championship. And have some records and things, but it's like, did that really feel better than beating your brother? Maybe it's not. It's tough to say. Yeah, it is tough to say that that's, that's one that sticks and that's a long time ago. 
And I, I let him know once in a while when we get together. Hey, you remember that time at last? You know, I could see it in his eyes. He's like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's cool the way, you know, these things that you don't think much of at the time really uh, develop you. And, and I even think, like, God uses, you know, these things through your whole life to shape you and, and let you become that person that he wants you to be. And uh, it is hard. Even coaching, you still get to be involved with the sport. Mm -hmm. You still get to compete, but you can't go on the field and do it uh, for your players. And it's a different ball game. Um, And, and, I guess I want to just say that to the young people hearing this. Um, Make the most of that time. Someday you'll be like us. You won't. You'll have arthritis in your knee. Hopefully not. But you might and you won't be able to keep getting together with all your best friends and playing this sport. You have a limited time and make the most of that. Mm hmm make the most of it so so you're five seven so basketball i don't know were you in the jason williams era or what was he kind of your jason williams was was basically when i was in college oh, okay so okay. uh spud webb would be more so in my generation <laughs> mugsy <laughs> yeah there was always i was always looking for somebody i mean you know what they're about <laughs> my size i could maybe make it that's one in you know how many million people Yep, yep. Uh, so take us there. Um, how do you begin to try and figure out where you want to go to college, what, what sport you want to play, what you want to study? How do you make those decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the college decision was, for me, was pretty easy. Uh, my, my dad worked at Bethel um, and my brother went there. And so for me, for a long time, since, you know, we moved here from Seattle back in 1985, that was basically home from 85 until now. And it's always been home. I never looked at any colleges other than Bethel. You know, I had some opportunities to to tap into some other places, but it, it just really wasn't. Nothing else was on my radar. It, it just that was I didn't, I didn't care how close it was for me. It was about going to a place that I know I was going to enjoy. I know what I was going to be surrounded by. Um, and I was going to have some great opportunities. Coach Johnson is a, is a phenomenal coach at Bethel. And, and so, you know, once again, being a part of something that I felt was, was very close to what coach Stewart was, was given me in high school. That was another way to, to help me grow uh, as a Christian man. And that was what was most important to me. And to be able to do that and still play sports, uh, was key. And, and for me, it was never about how far can I take this? Um, I'm not naive to think that, you know, this, the people that play sports, that's the 1% that's going to the elite level. And, and that was not going to be my, my end. So I wanted to be in a place where I know I was going to get uh, grounded and going to be built up um, and head in the right direction. Yeah. So you had, you had a great um, high school career some records in football, some state appearances, state championship and track. Tell us a little bit about what that was like. Yeah, so the the track piece was, uh, and I did track as so many people do in the elementary and middle school years. It's just kind of basically like an activity after school. Never was really something that was um, played a specific role that was a big part of my life at that point. But when I got to high school, it was a lot of my buddies. I mean, we, a lot of football guys were track guys as well. It was just kind of, you know, that's what we did. We did football, and then it was, when we got to spring, it was track time. And for us, Coach Fleming did such a phenomenal job of, of talking about the aspect of team and track and field, because I never saw it that way. I always saw it as an individual sport. Uh, you, maybe you get a relay, so you get four guys together to go to a state meet. Um, 
but we never even knew anything about True Team State. And so from the very first day that I showed up, that was the conversation is this is what we strive for here at Mounds High School is about True Team State and how important it is. So so being a coach now of track and field, that's that's what we deliver myself and, and Aaron Redmond, who I coach with, is the importance of the team and what can I do for the team? You know, does that mean I got to maybe move to a different event? But that's that's what I enjoyed about um, track at that time is it was a different type of sport that I haven't really experienced. So it was like a new flavor. We're just mm. like, man, I really like this. The competitive fire that came out of track, you compete for a short time, but the buildup of it, I just absolutely loved it. Four by four at the end of the, v- at the, end of the meet was probably the biggest high of sports for me um, because a lot of times it would come down to that. It's one lap. You didn't have to think about hardly anything. You just go out. And it's just pure guts. And I absolutely love that piece of going against somebody and who's going to be able to outlast. And go back to my brother, you know, develop that toughness um, to be able to withstand and who's going to be able to, to dive a little bit deeper um, mm-hmm. to get to the end. So all those things, you know, as you talked about, it goes back to what how the journey started. Um, and that's what got me to that point. And why I enjoyed that track piece. And we won. It was crazy, man. We That was the year, if if you can remember, you probably can't. You may not have even born at that time. But it was the tornado in Shoreview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was 1998. And so we were at the Blaine Sports Center. That's where they held True Team State at that time. We're at the Blaine Sports Center. The meet was just about to start. And they sent us all inside. And, man, it was crazy because the water main broke inside of Blaine. So we got, like, this water just shooting up everywhere, man. It was crazy. And so we're in this building not knowing what happened, what's happening outside. We get outside, and they obviously cancel the meet till the following week. And so we get out there, and we're like, man, there's stuff everywhere. It's crazy. So we went home, and I'm riding my bike through neighborhoods just trying to check out all this damage. I've never seen a tornado. I've never even been around a tornado. So I was like, this is mm. crazy. And so they moved all this the next week. So we actually, the next week, we won conference for the first time ever. Again, Stillwater is our first time beating Stillwater. The next night, we beat Stillwater again at Two Team State. So that two-day period of Thursday, Friday, man, was the highlight, still is the highlight of all my sports because I just think back on the celebrations and the hard work that went into all of us being on the same page I mean, track is different. You got 54 different spots that you have to fill in true team state, 58 spots. And it's hard, man. Everybody's got to be on the same spot, perform at the same level um, at that time in order to get that 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 state championship. So that was an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so- it's, it's cool to hear you say that because it seems to me a lot of football players – Track is like a supplemental thing for football. Like, I want to be faster so I can play football. Um, and you were a football player and you had a great football career, love football. But to hear you say, like, I really loved track and that being one of your biggest highlights in your athletic career, it's so cool to see now you being that coach, which um, we'll talk more about how you got into coaching. Um, so when you get to college, is it football and track, or did you have to uh, choose? Hey, 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 if you are enjoying this podcast, I need you to do two things. One, go on whatever platform that you're on and follow the podcast rate us and review us this will help the algorithm and help this podcast reach more people so thank you then i want you to head to 1020words.com slash d-y-a t-e-n-2-0 words.com slash d-y-a check out our merchandise we got hoodies crew necks sweatshorts t-shirts anything that you would want get some super comfy stylish apparel and use code all caps dya20 and take 20 percent off 
follow us on social media instagram at dear young athlete or on tiktok and instagram my account is at 1020 words if you're interested in being on the podcast or bringing dear young athlete to your school team or group simply head to the website and click the button that says bring dya to your team school or group and send me an email and i will look forward to connecting with you now let's get back to the episode yeah so football was always um all the way through was always something that i want to do and since i only played football for four years it was still very still pretty new and kind of uh something that i know i really enjoyed you know football has got to be done with other individuals because usually you need somebody to throw it to you. you need some type of you know you need more bodies to be able to do that than you know, track, I can train on my own. I can do things if I need to. Uh, so football was something that was probably at that point was my best sport. It was something that I excelled in. Um, I think there was, you know, when I went to Bethel, I was definitely the smallest in weight and the smallest in stature, man. It was kind of starting all over again where it's like these guys are bigger, they're stronger and just as fast. So it was just that next challenge. Um so football at Bethel was was a blast. It was it was something that started off hot. I was I was able to compete and play as a freshman, um, and then my next two years, I, I had a great opportunity. I was going to start my sophomore year. I started pretty much right away, and then I got hurt. And basically, that happened the next two years. So I missed mm. you know the majority of my games. I'd never been injured before, uh, and you know there's kind of freakish injuries. One happened in practice, and one happened in a game. Um, but yeah, I missed my sophomore year, my junior year. I think I played two or three games total in those two years. So, you know, as I get to my senior year of college, it was kind of like, I just want to get through. So my mentality was already different. I was already thinking about some, some coaching stuff more so than playing. Cause I knew my playing career was coming to an end, but my mentality changed to competing and seeing what all I can do to a mentality of. And I, I want to be able to make it through without getting hurt this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start having that, those kind of thoughts, you know, you're not the same player. And uh, I, I definitely saw that myself during that last year. Still played, but it was different. It was not the same type of love um, because there was a lot of frustration that I feel like I missed and I, I couldn't get that back um, mm-hmm. from missing those two years. So football was something I was always going to do. Track, I did it. My freshman year for a couple, um, probably about a month and a half. Um, Track in college is totally different. It's a long, long season. There's fall, there's winter, and there's spring. It's not as much a team aspect. At least when I did track at Bethel, it was not much of a team deal. It was more individual. And I'll be honest, man, I, I I was so fortunate to have the experience that I did at Mounds you nothing could even touch that in college and I didn't have the same type of passion um you know I, I everything that I did during those times was, was because I had such a great mentor and a great coach and coach Stewart and I was willing to to put that extra effort in I, I didn't have that as much in college and and track is not something that you can kind of show up or else you're going to get humbled pretty quickly yeah um, so I didn't do that very long, did, just didn't have the same enjoyment. So I, I football was full-time in, in college, and so we did a lot of stuff in the spring, and, and so didn't want to miss out on that either. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to say more about, you know, you played these sports your whole life, always doing sports. It becomes so much a part of you. Then you have an opportunity to start as a sophomore pretty rare opportunity and then you get injured and just like I don't know if you want to speak about that experience at all yeah it's uh it goes back to when I talk to a lot of athletes now you know nothing is guaranteed and it's so hard for young people to understand that um Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to taking every chance you get and maximizing those opportunities. And I think it's God's way of 
of a little bit of humble pie. Um, and I definitely needed that. Mm. Um, so I look back and that, and not in disappointment that why would God do this, but in thankfulness that he did do it because I think ultimately what I got out of it is, you know, some character flaws that I, I needed to change within myself. Um, so, you know, how you take it, I think is, is based off where your foundation is. And for me, it's, it's Scott, I see some things that are creeping up that are more type of an arrogance type deal that you kind of feel you can kind of just show up. You can work hard, but you kind of see it as you. Um, mm. And I'm thankful for that. You know, even though I, I wish my college career was a little bit different, uh, it wasn't. And, but that's okay because I think it's, it made me better as, as a coach I am now. And then how I kind of see things a little bit differently than, than I did before. Yeah, man. And, and that's what I say all the time too, is like, no, nobody thinks like before you get injured or before you get in an accident or before you get cut, you don't think this is going to be my last game, my last practice, my last uh, weight room session, but it could be. Um, that can be obvious, like at the end of the season and you know you're not going to go to the next level, but it also could end just like that unexpected and um and to me that just is such a reflection of life you know playing your sport like man this could be my last day my last practice my last game but taking that into life and living life that way not leaving um I even think about the way you uh reconcile with people or apologize or um treat people or help people. It's like don't when you get injured it just shows you I can't you can't take this for granted. Um so I was challenged myself and other people with that same thing, you know. What what are you doing knowing this is all temporary? Mm-hmm. So as you're coming to an end at Bethel, how, did you kind of get into coaching right away? How how did you end up getting into coaching? Yeah, so that was not something in high school that I ever thought of. Uh, it was never really on my mind to want to get into this coaching piece because I, I thought it was I thought it was hard um, I thought it, it was not going to be an option because of my major in college was communications so I thought for sure I was going to go into some type of and I only did communications because my brother did you know it's kind of one of those things where I, I think it's going to help me out find an eight to five and you know I'll kind of roll into that type of journey and uh, so my sophomore year well, actually, to back that up, when I was done at Moundsview, um, uh, the coach at the time that was coaching summer strength and speed at Moundsview was a guy named Gary Engen. So he was he was our head football coach at Moundsview. So he had asked me, along with um, Jim Galvin, if I wanted to work up at Moundsview um, during that during that time. And I was like, Yeah, you know what? That might be kind of fun. I you know I I don't have to get a regular job. I never wanted you know, to do something other than work around sports and athletes. So I was like, oh, let's give this a shot. Let's see if I like it. And so when I started doing that, I was like, man, I really enjoy um, just passing off. And at that point, I was basically an example that Coach Stewart would use me as. You know, he was kind of the leader. And then anytime he needed an example, he would have me show the example to, you know, the youngsters that were coming up, the freshmen that have never done any of the drills. And so that was kind of my – my deal. And then he slowly started to do less and less. So he would do just kind of the varsity session, then would kind of go home. And so then I would take over for the ninth, 10th students. And so through that, it just became, this is something I really enjoy. 
And so I started coaching track at Chippewa my sophomore year at Bethel. And then my junior and senior year at Bethel, I started coaching track full-time at Moundsview. I was hoping actually to coach underneath Coach Stewart and just kind of learn a little bit more about coaching track and all that kind of stuff. And so I went to him and said, hey, is there any way that I could just kind of tag along with you and kind of see how you do things and just kind of see if this is something that I really want to do for, you know, you know, something that maybe adds on to my career. So at that point, somebody who I had done track with, he was two years older than me, he had asked basically a couple of days prior if he could do the same thing. And so Coach Stewart's like, I don't think it'll work that way, but you know what? Let's see if the girls need somebody. And the girls didn't even have a spring coach um, during those years. So there was just somebody that kind of had more of a distance philosophy. And, and so I was able to start coaching girls track and field, which that would have been 2001. Um, was my first year that I started coaching with them and then obviously haven't switched back. And I never thought, man, I, I never thought I'd be coaching, but I never thought I'd be coaching females because <laughs> growing up, um, I always thought, man, they don't work as hard. They don't do this. They don't do this. And I absolutely love coaching females because I have had some phenomenal girls in my career that have been the hardest workers doesn't matter if you're male or female. These girls work their tails off, and they listen so much better than a lot of the guys. Um, mm. And so I've just enjoyed coaching females since that time. And it's crazy how the good Lord works, man. You think something is not going to be in your in your life, and all of a sudden here it is, and you know it ends up being something that you just absolutely enjoyed. And so what is that twenty? 22 years later, 23 years we're coming up on. Um, I've been coaching girls track and field over at Monsieur. Yeah. Well, I love, I love, there's like three major lessons pulling out of what you said. And one is who you are as a, a teenager in middle high school, college is a big deal. Um, who gave you your first coaching opportunity? Your coaches. Mm -hmm. So the way you show up every day, it matters. Um, my first coaching jobs were given to me by my coaches, by Galvin. And you just, it's so easy to think, oh, I'm just a student you know, it's not that important. I don't have to be, have a great attitude or have a great work ethic. And it's like the amount of stories of the door opening up for you because of the type of person that you were is just endless stories. Um, I also like that you, you had a desire and so you asked. You said, hey, can I coach track? And so many people, even more now, I think it's like people aren't confident enough to ask for what they want. And then it doesn't happen. And it's like, I'm always like the worst someone can say is no. Mm -hmm. So just ask, like, if you have the desire you then need to take some action and go after it and and have enough confidence and belief in yourself to ask. And then lastly, it's like you asked and and what you wanted didn't happen exactly the way you wanted. And that's a lot of times how it works in life. It's like things don't go like we plan, like we mm -hmm. want. And at that point, you always have a choice of like, how are you going to respond? How are you going to gonna pivot, going to keep going? And it's like, hey, you can't coach guys, but I mean, here's a chance with the girls. And here you are. So it's like when a door shuts or something doesn't go your way, it's just like, then are you going to just quit 
and and give up and be mad about it or are you gonna take that next opportunity um so i love that you did that i so i want to hear about um tell me your your heart behind coaching but i'll say you were my coach as a sophomore in high school and um a i love doing the summer workouts with you getting out on the track um i think your your workout is one of the only times i ever have thrown up after a workout so <laughs> you you definitely pushed us and uh it was super fun but the thing that always sticks with me is Sophomore year, you play on Tuesdays, I believe, or no, Thursdays, Thursday, and every Wednesday, you would host essentially uh, an optional prayer time, and guys could just come in, and uh, if you had any prayer requests, you could say those, and you might have a little devotional for us, and. I remember I was like, especially that sophomore year, I didn't know who I was going to become, what route I was going to take. I was not a very committed, spiritually committed person. Um, I kind of had these two paths. And it's stuff like that optional prayer time that I look back on and even though I didn't really know much about the Bible or what we were doing, I think that really impacted me and it really helped um, choose what path I was going to take. And as you know, then I've been a coach. I've had optional prayer time. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. And I think that speaks to, um, what kind of person and what kind of coach that you are. Also, side note, you used to play one-on-one basketball with everyone and just, you would, I don't know anyone that beat you. So the good old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was fun. But tell us kind of what being a coach means to you. Why do you coach? You know, if you can speak to your coaching philosophy. Yeah, man. Let me let me just tap into a little bit of, of PT because that's that's uh you know, as I, I talk about a lot of things, transformational pieces are so important. And Coach Stewart was somebody that started that journey for us in football. We do that on Thursday nights before Friday night games. And it was as, and we'll talk about faith here in a little bit, but that was for me a huge deal because it surrounded me with other guys that were in the same area. They, they, we, we had, there was a similarity of faith there. And so there was a vulnerability, if you want to call it that, to when you hear about prayer requests and some of these things that other people are going through, you know that. Coach Stewart is leading this thing, and it just seemed like when we had that before, um, right after practice or on Thursdays, it's something I just look forward to. And now knowing that I'm not coaching football this next year, the part I'm going to miss the most is that piece because mm-hmm. I enjoy so much Thursdays before practice, either listening to another coach or giving the, or getting the opportunity to talk about faith and to talk about God with these high school students that I know I was in that same seat, but I also know how important it is because of where they are in their journey of being a high school person and being pulled in many different directions. Um, so when it comes to the coaching, I want to be different. You know, Coach Morbury talks a lot during the football program, which is a Tony Dungy thing. I want to be uncommon in how I coach. I don't want to be somebody that um, that's the way everybody does it. Um, 
I want to make sure how I'm coaching that I'm going to coach. And I've told, I've had some athletes in the past that have not really um, been too excited about how I've coached them. And I always tell them, I says, the better players are going to be coached a little bit harder because they're expected as leaders. And it's funny because I was just watching things, something on, on YouTube just about Bill Belichick talking about Tom Brady, that Tom Brady wanted Bill Belichick before the first meeting, whatever it may be. He says, if you don't attack me and don't come after me, how am I supposed to ever be with those guys knowing that Coach Belichick never talks about me in a bad way? So you said that basically put me on the even platform with everybody else. Um, and so that's why I said, I'm going to challenge you because I believe you can give so much more. Um, and that journey sometimes is going to be, sometimes it's going to be hard and you're going to be challenged in a way that I believe. And I, we say this all the time. I don't think whatever I give you is not something that I expect. I hope to see happen. I know you can do it. I'm not going to give you something I know you can't do, but I'm also going to challenge you because what I see in you is somebody that can give so much more. Um, and that's the whole piece. I think sometimes these athletes nowadays, they, they're okay with just being content. And, and I never was like that. And maybe that's because of, you know, always feeling I've got to work so much harder just to get to a certain level, that competitive fire. But that challenge is going to look differently depending on, you know, what kind of athlete is in front of me. Um, and so I, I love the competitive piece. It's second nature to playing. Um, but to me, it's it's how can I integrate faith into coaching? And coaching, obviously, in a public school is difficult, but there's there's so many great coaches that I've learned from that are Christ-filled. Coach, Coach Fleming at Mounds has been somebody that I've always looked up to that, man, just does a phenomenal job of – being able to slide things in here and there that are so faith filled, but it's not presented. Oh, here's, you know, John three sixteen. you know, it's, it's done in a different way. And that's, that's the way I want to be. I want kids to, to get done with sports and be like, man, you didn't just teach me how to run this route. You didn't just teach me how to run, but you taught me how to be a better person, how to be a better teammate, how to be somebody that is going to be dependable as they get older, to be a, a father, a mother, um, whatever it may be, that's what I want their legacy to be is not necessarily about the sport, but how did I grow through it? Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, and and there's that that idea of like, oh, I can't share my faith in a public school, but it's like, what do you think sharing your faith means? Does it, that only mean to you getting up and preaching with the Bible, which is important, I think. But, yeah, how about the way you speak to your players and your coworkers? And how about the way you carry yourself, the way you see value in people beyond what they can do for you? You know, like that all is part of, and that's why I always say on this podcast too, like we're not, I'm not talking about when we talk about faith, I don't want, well, if I, I'm not trying to get you to become a religious, a, a priest to dress a certain way and speak a certain way. It's more about who you are, um, what your foundation is. You used that word foundation earlier. How you treat people, how you live. Are you becoming the type of person that is going to be a great mother, father, a great employee, a great coach, maybe someday, or or whatever your path is going to be? It's, it's not about some religion is about um, who you are and letting that, like you said, integrate. You want your faith to influence how you coach. And you didn't say it, but I know you want your faith to influence how you parent and how what kind of husband you are and how you steward your 
money and everything. It's it's a all encompassing thing, and it's it's beautiful when it's works out in that way. And I think that is a perfect transition to hear about. You know, we're talking about, hey, your faith, you went to Bethel University, a Christian university, you're integrating your faith um, in Christ into your job. But but where did that come from? Take us through kind of your faith journey, background, maybe some super important uh, transformational times that you can share with us. Hey, are you a high school or college athlete looking to use social media to share your faith in Christ? If so, I would love to personally connect with you and tell you about our brand ambassador program where we can get you hooked up with some of our merchandise to rep on your social media platforms. And we can get you hooked up with a coupon code for your audience where you earn commission on any sales that come from your platform. Head to our website and click the button that says become a brand ambassador. I look forward to connecting with you and let's spread the good news together and do it in style. Yeah, man, it, it was uh, it was a great journey. I grew up in a Christian home, uh, accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, when I was a fifth grader. I was able to stand up in front of uh, Calvary Baptist Church. One of the most nervous times in my life, seeing you know as a fifth grader looking out, we were shaking in my knees. We had to memorize a, a verse, and I still think back this day when I've gone back there. It's now the gym. Um, it's no longer the, the sanctuary, but it is. It was a moment that I still think back on because it's it's a declaration. You know, I'm taking a a stand of this is who I want to become, and uh, I thank my parents for that. My obviously my brother's been a great role model to me. So I had a great bunch of people around me that you know were able to mold me. I was able to see great examples, just how to do things the right way. And you know, as I ventured into high school there's a searching process that I think a lot of kids go through. And is this going to be something that is my parents deal? You know, is it, is my faith, what my parents believe, what my parents think? Um, So there's a lot of things that you wrestle with. And and once again, I, I always go back to, you know, having people. And I think about now as my kids, my, my daughter is going to be a junior. My son will be a freshman in high school. That's what I think about is who's surrounding them and a leadership side of things, you know, their coaches, their teachers, um, you know, who's, who's putting stuff into them on a daily basis, because I realize in, in my moments, I can't thank coach Stewart enough for the person that he was, because in that time there was a battle of, I wanted to be included with my friends. And so I looked at a lot of things during high school as what can I do without really crossing over that fence? And getting too far over, but doing just enough so that I'm not looked as somebody that is, oh, you're just a Bible believer kid that doesn't want to do anything wrong. That, you know, just any way that kids, no matter what, you know, era you grew up in, that stuff was always going on. Now it's a little bit more in your face because of social media and things like that. You can't really get away from it. But that stuff is always in the back of your mind. Like, it's tough. You know, and as you talk to young people, it's we've all been through it. And as I talk to my kids, it's a tough journey, but it's a journey that God has prepared you. He'll never give you something that you can't handle. And that's a that's a promise that you're able to withstand and, and make it through it because you got parents that believe in you. You got parents that are going to continue to build in you um, and you're going to survive this and you're going to come out the other end being a lot stronger. Um, so that was my piece, but it, you know, I was able to grow up around some great influences of coach Stewart, the people I knew at Bethel. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons why obviously the main reason why I wanted to go to Bethel is because being around, being surrounded by more people like that, 
was something that I feel like I needed as I got towards the end of my high school years. And, and obviously Bethel just took off there with, um, you know, all the opportunities that you do have. But I will say this, going to a private school, sometimes you take for granted those opportunities because they're always there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as I look back on that, I probably could have done a lot more. I missed a lot of chapel time. Um, you know, that became pastor pillow time, things like that, where it was, you know, I get enough for this time. I didn't go to bed till three, you know, I'm still feeling pretty tired, you know, so those, those things that I, I took for granted where I was at. Um, but it definitely was a place that continued to mold me and mature me in my relationship with Jesus. And then obviously I, I met my wife there and, and, uh, Man, it's an it's a it's a great blessing to meet somebody that's a Christian. I date I dated a lot of people up to that point that were non Christians, mm-hmm. um, and so we've talked about that even with our own kids that that's a struggle to date somebody that's not a Christian because there's a lot of conflict um, that come to some of those conversations. Right, definitely. So, is there more you want to say? Um, there, like, I guess if you can cap sort of that faith piece for it, um, what does what does it mean to you now? You know, because I guess I think as a young person, you see Coach, you see Scotty, and you think Scotty always has been this person, and it's like we know that no this is not like God, by God's grace I am who I am and we also know God is not done shaping you shaping me shaping anyone we're still trying to walk this thing out and figure it out so if you if you have anything else to add go for it yeah I, I would say the most important part in that journey of being in high school and college is, having Christian influences that are older than your friends around you, you know, being able to go to a trusted adult, a trusted somebody that you look up to, maybe it's a youth pastor, uh, whatever it may be to constantly ask those questions and to build you up, to pray for you. You know, a cool story that kind of relates to that is, is coach Stewart, which, you know, I speak a lot about him because of the importance that he is, but I, I didn't realize he did this, until later in life and coach Stewart does this for so many people, but he's got a little, he's got a little book that's just got pages upon pages of names. And so Mm -hmm. these are names that people he prays for, you know, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. And he keeps a journal of, you know, the times that he does talk to these people. And so he's able to recapture that conversation when you get back seven months later, when you haven't seen each other. And, and that to me is, is somebody that, why do I talk about him? Because he was such a huge influence on who I am today. So I look back on that and I realize your friends can do so much, but you need people that are going to build into you. And that's important because you cannot do it on your own. It's it's mm-hmm. not possible. Um, it's not self, it's not something that's going to be lasting um, maybe for a short period of time, but connecting with uh, a church, a youth pastor, somebody that you know, um, that is, you can go to uh, during times that maybe it can't be your parents because it's something that, you know, is a little bit you're not comfortable with, but you can talk to somebody else because I think there's there's times where that where students fall into that piece as well, where they just need to talk to somebody that, you know, has, has got a little bit different philosophy for, you know, that conversation. Definitely. Definitely, that's so good, and you don't ever outgrow that. Uh, mm-hmm. We still need mentors. We need people in our lives that are a little further than us. That, yeah, when you're a teen, you might be trying to navigate dating and college and these things or bigger things, but you know then you're going to be navigating marriage and parenting. And if, if you go that, that route and it's like you, you don't outgrow a need for development, for mentorship, 
Um, so yeah, quicker you can get that going is mm-hmm. just a more advantage in life. We know that sports often are a metaphor of life. The things we learn on the field, on the track, uh, we see them influence our life and and in bigger ways than than anything that happens on the field. So of these many lessons, if you can take one that really sticks out to you, that you've seen influence your life, what would that be and how have you seen it ring true? Yeah, so this is what I really thought about. Uh, so on my desk here, I've got Bible verse Luke twelve forty eight: to whom much is given, much is required. And I go back on that verse a lot because there are so many things, even when you're small to where you are now, that, you know, when I was younger, it was, what has God given me? He's given me this ability to play sports. So with that, how can I be an influence or how can I, how can my character, you know, reflect of the good Lord? I mean, how can I be somebody that people look at me and they go, man, athletically is just gifted, but gives back so much. I think, you know, the person always sticks out to me nowadays, a lot of people know is Tim Tebow and just the platform that he has is unbelievable. Um, on the female side, someone like Allison Felix that we talked about in track and field a lot. She is such a wonderful role model to so many females, but is a Christian athlete. You know, it's not an athlete that is a Christian. It's a Christian athlete that leads the right way. Um, and then also a verse that my wife and I have for my kids, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope trust Mm. you know that is no matter what you're going through there's there's a plan and that plan was started when you were just forming and god's got a plan for you and it isn't a promise that you won't go through stuff Mm. and that is so important to realize and i you know i talk about my my college football stuff that that was not what i had planned for you know my plan was i want to be getting more records yeah but that wasn't god's plan and what it says in that verse that i take the most out of it is that he's got my future planned i have to trust and i have to pray for god's direction um and that's something that i've gotten so much better as i've gotten older because i tell my kids all this time i said you know what when bad things are happening talk about this you know just talked about this in james when bad things, when trials come, you know, that's that's him forming you. What are you going to what are you going to do? Who are you going to go to? Um, where's your it always comes back to where's your foundation? Is your foundation in me or is your foundation in what you do um, mm. and how good you think you are? And so sports has taught me through those verses about adversity, toughness, foundation, um, and all those things have molded me to be a great husband, a great father, a great coworker. Without sports, it's tough, man. I I really put a lot of stuff on sports and how much I got out of it because the discipline that goes into being as successful as you can be. And I I think back to what's the greatest thing anybody's ever given me. And and Coach Stewart uh, told me when I was just getting out of high school, he said, Scott, you're the greatest practice player I've ever had. And to me, that was important because that was something that I always strive to. And I go, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. It goes back to my brother and building in that. In order for me to achieve success, I've got to outwork somebody that's five years older than me just to have a chance. And so I saw through that. I, I was able to get over that hump and get to the other side. But I saw through that whole thing is it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of hard work to be able to get some of the chances that I've been fortunate to have. And all that is brought back to the very beginning. Um, And so I'm thankful for that, but man, 
it is, it's a fun journey. Do not waste one moment because you'll be getting to those doctor visits when you get older and they've got different advice for you. You know, you do some stuff mm-hmm. that's not weight bearing and things like that. It's, it's a different type of conversation. And, and to add, to sprinkle on some authenticity of what you're saying, Coach Scotty used to put the pads on for for playoffs and run scout running back. I don't I don't know how old you were, but um, when I was a player and you were a coach, you were still the best practice player. Um, until uh, Seth. Remember uh, Sabina? Oh yeah, gave you the uh, concussion. Was it? I believe. No, wasn't a concussion. He ripped. He, I got a big, huge. I think I still got it underneath my eye. Where <laughs> <laughs> I had to go get stitches. <laughs> oh, That's a good memory, man. man. That was that was something else. Hey, but but when somebody sees something in you, like Coach Stewart saw that in you. Um, and he pulled it out of you, and it it rang it it rang true in your life, and still rings true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do in life is see a gift in somebody else and pull that out of them, encourage them. I I know people have done that for me. People have done that for you. I hope you and I can do that for other people. And anyone hearing this, I hope that you can do that for other people too. So, as we come to a close, this has been awesome. But you are here on the Dear Young Athlete Podcast. So we need you to complete the statement, dear young athlete. What do you want to say to your players, to a younger Scotty? Yeah, this is something that I've kind of talked about to some of my football guys that I've coached these last couple of years, and that is to be hungry and humble. Um, that's a statement that I've used over and over that the hunger inside is the competition to get better, to be the best person, the best version of me. Uh, the humble piece is I'm going to let my play speak for itself and I'm going to humbly work as hard as I can for my teammates so that we can be as a group, be the most successful team that we can be. Um, but you put those two things together, you have somebody that is going to attract a lot of positive attention um, because people will naturally generate to you because of your humbleness, but also because of your hard work. And those two things going together, it doesn't matter what your talent is. Those characteristics will stick out because of how you go about it. Um, So hungry and humble are uh, the two H's, man. H squared, keep going, give what you got because when you're all done, you have no regrets. No regrets. You're going to absolutely love every moment of it. You're going to have some friendships that will last forever and some great times that you can reflect when you get together with your friends later on. Yes. And if if you become a person that's hungry and humble and that's just who you are, I like what you said. It doesn't matter how talented you are because that will take you beyond sports. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're not going to the NFL or the Olympics or whatever, but if you're hungry and humble and whatever you're doing, it's going to go well for you. Um, There will still be bumps in the road, right? But I love this. I love it. I think uh, that's perfect. Do you have any last words for the people? Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun uh, just doing this with Jake. Really, really thankful that you thought of something so cool like this to be able to 
give back to young people that are going to see this, that have seen your other podcasts, that will be able to um, take something from it that really is needed in their time. Um, and that's that's the important thing. It doesn't matter how many people are affected, right? You mentioned that in the beginning. One, 50, it really doesn't matter because, you know, God searches for the one, and that's that's presented over and over, that he cares mm-hmm. for each and every each individual person. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a good final word. Coach, thank you. We'll talk soon. Peace. And there you have it. One more episode in the books of the Dear Young Athlete podcast. Thank you for listening. Again, check out our website, our social media, rate and review us. Make sure you're following because we have some great episodes coming up that you won't want to miss. I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.